Jags fans want to know certain things, and I hope I have the answer. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. One of the things that I don't have an answer to is why did Shai Khan keep uh, most of the entire uh, front office and the coaching staff? Fans keep asking me that one over and over again, and I can only guess and speculate. It's either one or two things. Either he is the most patient owner in terms of hiring and firing in the NFL that we've ever seen, or he just believes for some reason that not cutting bait with everyone in the front office and keeping certain people is the key to the success of this football team moving forward. I don't agree with it, but time will tell. So far, his track record of knowing who to fire and who not to fire in the NFL is not very good. We'll see, uh, though, if he's made the right decision with Caldwell and Maroon. Most people I talk to tend to think that it was a mistake to keep all of these guys. Uh, I've speculated in the past, though, that one of the things that he did a couple of years ago when he extended those guys was, especially with Dave Caldwell, was to say, look, here's the deal. Show me uh, right now, over the course of the next couple of years, that you know how to pick players and why I should keep you. Well, so what do you get? He makes a move and trades Jalen Ramsey and gets a bounty of draft picks. And both, you know, most people believe that what he got, the compensation was good. And then he picked DJ Chark. And then there's Ronnie Harrison. And I know I'm saying the same stuff that I've said before, but you got Gardner Minshew. And, and, and it looks like Gardner Minshew at least was a steal for where he was picked. And then you got Juwan Taylor. So I'm thinking like he can go to them and say, you know, we got Josh Allen and, and and this is what happened. You know, we got these guys. We got a couple of guys that look like they're future superstars. And if we continue to go in this area or go in this direction, we'll win. The key to this whole thing was th- that he got a mulligan. Once you give a guy a second chance after the first four years or so, then you give him a second chance. And everyone who I talked to that, uh, uh, you know, they opposed that, they – they seem, they seem to want to lump the entire history together. And it's almost as if you really can't do that. I know fans want to do it, but when you're trying to answer this question as to why these guys got you know more opportunities and more chances, you really have to factor that in. You have to factor in that they came in, they all came in together. It didn't work after the first four, four and a half years or whatever. They tasted a little bit of success, which may have been, you know, Maybe one of the worst things that happened, they got so close and it and it fooled and tricked everybody that they were better than what they really were. But you, you, hit, you still have to say at least they got there. And then things started to implode and they didn't handle success very well. And the, the whole Tom Coughlin fiasco. So I'm not saying that I understand everything that Shad has done. And really, I don't. But. When you ask these questions, the only way you're going to try to get to an answer is you have to try to put yourself in their position, put yourself in their situation. And I know fans really hate doing that because the bottom line is you just want people that win. You know, you can go through all of these different scenarios and explain all of this stuff. The bottom line is they haven't won enough, and I get that. But when you ask that question, if you're not fair uh, in your assessment and your answer and all you're thinking about is your grief, then there's no reason to even ask the question. The bottom line is you, that's at that point, that's when you just go, I just disagree with them for what they've done, and there's no excuses, there's nothing. But when you keep probing and keep probing and wonder why, 
then you know that's when you get these scenarios and these answers that and, and, and the answers to these questions and, and you may not like what you hear but it's the reality it's just it's just a part of it and and, and i know fans just really really want to win at the end of the day all right so what i'm going to do is speaking of fans i took some questions on social media about what fans wanted this uh, today's podcast to be about uh i'll stretch these over for the next couple of days because i really really got a lot of answers as i always do from jaguar fans i got a lot of really really good uh answers responses and questions and i'll try to get to most of them and i'll mention you by name and i'll do that on the other side of this locked on jaguars podcast the good news that's right fans want to hear the good news so i'm going to get right to it it's a Monday edition of Locked On Jaguars. I'm Tony Wiggins, your host, as always, as we get ready for uh, free agency that's going to come up very soon and then the draft to see who the Jaguars will add to try to help this football team. I discussed uh, in the opening uh, about why they kept who they kept. Uh, we, we, we can go back and forth on it all day. I most likely agree with uh, the take of most of the frustrated, uh, faithful 50,000 fans, uh, I call them the faithful 50,000, the ones that constantly in the game sweating in the heat, not getting any results over and over again. I feel bad for you, but uh, my man Sam Teague, he, he kicked it off, and he, he said, uh, I asked, what do you want the you know me to discuss on the podcast? Sam says, anything positive, even if you got to make it up. <laughs> well... The funny thing is, is when you, I had a, by the way, y'all don't care about this, but we do these crossover episodes and one of the Titans fans told my buddy who runs Tic Tac Titans, he told him, man, don't ever be like that guy in Jacksonville. He's so negative. And, uh, of course my buddy didn't throw me under the bus, but let me tell you what I am. I'm truthful. It's not about being positive or negative. That's, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to be honest and tell the truth. And so I do get most fans want you to to constantly uh when I did radio uh for five years here in Jacksonville, one of the things I never wanted to do, I never wanted to appear to be sugarcoating anything because we were the flagship station of the team. I wanted to just be honest because I think when you're honest, it resonates more with people. Then when you're trying to sell them a dream, you know, they call it peeing on their head and then, you know, saying it's raining. I'll never do that. And and one thing I'll never do is make anything up. Uh, you know, I, I believe it's not the goal to get more credibility, but it is a goal to be credible with people when you're talking about something that they're passionate about. And I think the worst thing you can do is when somebody is angry or somebody's disappointed or upset is to stick a pacifier in their mouth. Instead of addressing the reason why they're upset and telling them, hey, I understand. See, that's what people want. They want They want you to know. They want to know that somebody says, yeah, you got a right to be angry. You should be. You should be upset. You should demand more. You, when you're out there busting your butt, spending your disposable income on tickets, and, you know, losing is one thing, but when you're losing and you don't believe that the team is giving their best effort, and that everybody's going home with a happy paycheck, but you're sitting on the heart bridge, pissed off because the team didn't win, uh, in traffic all night, uh, having to get home and unload all of that tailgate stuff and clean everything out, 
and and then get ready to come do all of that stuff again next Sunday and you don't believe that people are putting their best foot forward because they're going to get paid anyway, that does piss you off. So, no, I won't make anything up just to make you happy, and I'm sorry I, I can't do that. Uh, I, I'm as real as they come, and, and I can't make anything up. But when there's something to be happy about, I, I'll, I'll talk to you about being happy. Uh, I could give you a different perspective like I did in the opening when I talked about why they kept Marone and why they kept Caldwell. But what I can't do, and I know it may have been tongue-in-cheek with my man, and I appreciate that, but what I can't do is sit here and and make stuff up. I, I just, I just, I won't do it. I, I, because you'll see right through it. You, you'll see right through it, and I know you will. So, uh, And you should see right through it, you know. It's the same way right now, whatever, every time the messaging this whole offseason from the team has been about stuff that has nothing to do with football. It's it's about moving games. It's about Lot J. It's about all of this other stuff. And at some point, all fans want to do is they want to hear somebody come out and say, look, we screwed up and it's on us. Because as long as you don't do that, the longer you go without doing that, when you keep passing the buck and pointing the finger at the guy who's gone and and this, that, and the third. By the way, Tom Coughlin had his charity event here this weekend, and a lot of my friends, when I usually go, Tom Coughlin had a smile so big on his face it wasn't even funny. You know what? He probably was just worried, you know, thinking about the great work that that charity, the J Fund, does. But a little bit of that, a little bit of me wanted on the inside was that smile saying, oh, so you guys thought it was all just me, huh? Because ever since he's left, the messaging has, the messaging has still been off. I mean, you can blame Jalen, you can blame Coughlin, you can blame all of these things. And probably everybody has a little bit to do with it. But this this is why you team build. This is how you this is why you do stuff like you gotta get like minded people on the ship and everybody has to be the same. You, you, you know, you got to have the one singular focus. You can be a little different in your personality, but everybody has to have the same goals in mind. And I think at first they may have around two thousand seventeen uh they they needed that jolt of discipline but at some point things just kind of went off and and went in a different direction i had another question from rachel florida uh, the odds of lot j actually happening and if they'll move more games i don't think they'll move more games uh but that's me being optimistic so there's your good news i don't think they'll move more games lot j for those that aren't in jacksonville is the entertainment complex that is uh scheduled to be constructed uh, in the parking lot of the uh, of the arena uh, where there's retail shops i guess it's going to be sort of like xfinity live in philadelphia but with also with residences if you've ever been to philly that's a that's a an incredible place an incredible venue uh no need to tailgate when you got something like that you just go up in there and have a good time so when is it going to get done i wish i had the answer i don't I don't know that answer at all. I wish I had the magical answer about when Lot J would be finished or, or completed. I don't really know, and, and at this point, I stop thinking about it until I see a tractor or, or, you know, bobcats and all of that stuff over there digging up and breaking ground. I'm just not even going to worry about it. My man Mo Freeman uh, talked to Mo a lot here on, uh, on uh, Mo Listens Every Day, and I talked to him a lot on Twitter, uh, Mo wants to know 
Uh, how do you think the Jags, or how do I believe the Jags view their draft order in rounds one to three? And what do you think we could get for, for Nick Foles? Late round pick for Nick Foles. I don't think you give up compensation for somebody to take him away because somebody's going to get a, a guy who is a capable starter in the league. And his salary is not horrible when you consider guys like Mike Glennon made $15, $16 million just to be backups uh, before. So uh, I do think you get a late round pick for Nick Foles. Something that people need to consider is this. Foles makes an awful lot of money to be a backup here in Jacksonville. I don't believe uh, the salary is, is as negative as people believe because Minshew doesn't make any money. So when you look at how much money you're spending per group or per room, I don't think Jacksonville, because of Dobbs and Minshew being on the roster, no matter what Foles makes, the worst part of Foles' deal already happened, and that's what they guaranteed him before in his salary last year. And uh, the fact is, is you don't want to be not getting you don't you want you don't not want to be getting production out of somebody you're paying that much because it's it's not really a positive uh, in terms of you know the morale and stuff like that. But by the same token, you can't do much about it since you already gave it to him. So you're gonna have to see if you can get somebody to take him off your hands and give you a little late compensation. The only way that happens is if there's an actual market for Nick Foles and apparently there wasn't much of a market for Nick Foles last year when he was a total free agent uh, now that he has a contract and there are a boatload of veteran quarterbacks on the market and there's four first round draft pick quarterbacks in the draft I don't see much of a market for him this year when you consider just last year when he was available and there weren't as many quarterbacks available that there was only one or two teams that wanted him in so uh but in terms of the way that they view their picks in the first round, I believe the Jags think they're going to come away with three starters. And I think they're going to come away with three starters at positions of need. And I think the positions of need will line up with best player available with uh, where they're picking. For instance, I think at nine, they're guaranteed to, to be able to get uh, the offensive lineman that they, that they need if they want one. They'll also probably be in a position – to get one of the top two defensive tackles if they want one. So it's just going to be about them prioritizing, and it's going to be about them imagining what they're going to be able to do at number 20. I don't think they're going to move up. It's not like Dave Caldwell to be trade draft picks, and he has a boatload of picks. And those picks might go up once they decide what they're going to do with Yannick. I know they're going to tag him if they haven't already. And then at some point try to maybe even move on him or move him around. And if they do that, they'll get more capital. But I think what you're going to see at nine is they're going to—they're not going to trade their way out of getting a good player. They're going to get a good player, probably where that player is, uh, who that player is, depends on what happens in front of them. But uh, obviously, but I do really, really believe that they're in a position to either address the offensive, or defensive line, and with the 20th pick, they're still going to be in a position, I think, to address uh, another spot if they move on. If they move Yon. Uh, prior to the draft, does that then allow them to come back and grab the, the defensive end from Penn State? Or, that, or, does, or, the, or does that, uh, you know, give them another young pass rusher since they'll be losing one? And I think they're probably going to lose Calais as well. Or maybe C.J. Henderson, if he falls to him, or Christian Fulton, there, there will be people there. Maybe even uh, the young safety Duggar from Lenore Ryan. And I know people won't like that, but he's an up-and-comer. 
uh, Diggs from Miami will be there. I mean, I'm from, sorry, from Alabama will be there. So they need defensive backs. The thing about it is the good news is they're going to get a position of need. The bad news is they need so much. And when you need so much, everything is a position of need. Therefore, you can go ahead and draft the best player available because the best player available outside of quarterback is probably going to be something that you need since you need so much. All right, stick around. I'm going to answer a few more of these questions. We'll stretch this into tomorrow, too, because I have a lot of good responses, as always, from my crew on social media. This is Locked on Jaguars. Hey, if you've been a listener of this podcast, and I'm sure you've all heard the great advertising work with Locked on to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked on Jaguars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Jaguars fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Jaguar fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777. Or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 337-77 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so we're discussing the Jags and discussing some of the, the questions that the fans have here in the offseason. Uh, uh, Joaquin Garina, I answered this one on a Friday podcast, but I'll go ahead and read the question. What uh, the Jags need to do to build around Mitchell and see if he is a franchise quarterback or tanking for Trevor and start building in 2021, 2022. Uh, he says I can also call him Enrique. Okay, cool. Uh, I answered that Friday. Uh, you know, I think uh, those things are not binary. I think you could do both. If I think you put your best foot forward and, and load this team up with as many weapons as you can, speed, the things that fit, because the things that fit around Gardner are, are going to be the things that fit around any quarterback. So you load up. I think you address, uh, obviously, you know, best player available, but you also – have so many needs that you know you can always use speed you can always use more dynamic playmakers uh whether it's now or in the future and what happens is you give Gardner his best shot you give it to him and if he makes it he makes it and if he doesn't he, he won't and guess what you'll be if he won't make it you'll be in the hunt for another quarterback early next year with two first round draft picks and a lot of room to, to move up you have a very tough schedule uh doesn't mean you're going to tank for anybody because I think that gets you in trouble. Teams that start trying. How many teams? We thought Miami was going to be the worst team in the league this year, right? No, they weren't. So they didn't end up with the worst record. And, and I've had this discussion before. I don't know how you tell guys that have a car wreck every play to tank. I don't know how you tell coaches that, you know, have a short span of, of, of a career in terms of, you know, trying to get jobs to tank. I don't know how you tell Doug Marone to tank when he ain't guaranteed to be here beyond next year. I don't know how you tell young players that want contracts to not play well because their tape is going to be what decides how their future goes financially. So there are a lot of moving parts 
uh, when you talk about tanking. Uh, and, and I really don't know how you do that. I don't know how you tank if your day called well unless you've already discussed it with the owner that you're guaranteed to be here. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you tank when you're a team that needs to try to keep the fan base happy and you need to try to stay viable and sell tickets. So, you know, it's really weird, but teams often, uh, you know, you try to rebuild. There's a way to rebuild without making it look awful, and then there's no guarantee that you're going to get one of the top two picks anyway. So I don't know how that goes. Uh, my man Dave uh, asked, what's Quincy Williams' position in this D? That's a good question. Somebody else asked me what. Could you? I think Sam Stock asked me, could you move Miles Jack uh, to strong side linebacker? The answer to the strong side linebacker, the Sam linebacker, is no, because he already tried that and it didn't work, if you remember. He was a Sam before he was a Mike. People believe his natural position is the will, but he was never the will because that's where Telvin Smith was. So uh, he's going to will to see if he can play that. If he can't play there, I don't know where he's going to play, but uh, – in terms of Quincy Williams, he was drafted to be a weak side linebacker. That's all he is. But if, if he's going to be Jack's backup. He'll be Jack's backup, and he may come in on nickel situations because he you know, he can cover some. But for the most part, he's a special teams player right now. He's a special teams player, and he's depth. That's all it is. So uh, going back, that pick was a – people thought that pick was a bad pick. And then other people said, well, it wasn't so bad. And then early on, it didn't look like it was so bad. Now it looks like it was a bad pick uh, because he's had, you know, problems, you know, adjusting and, and figuring out what it is he's supposed to be doing. So uh, right now he's a backup. But uh, remember, the Sam linebacker doesn't play a lot in this game because they play more 70 percent nickel than anything else. So you, you, you'd hope to have the guys that are really, really interchangeable. And then and, and in the grand scheme of things. The Jaguars linebackers are supposed to play the way the linebackers play in San Francisco. That's that's what you want. It's the exact same. They don't do much different than the 49ers. But for some reason, it just doesn't look that way. Uh, so we'll just have to see how it is moving forward, uh, you know, with that. But that that's what it is. I'll do more of these questions tomorrow and, and on through the week as you guys uh, as you guys continue to give those answers to me uh this wraps up this edition of locked on jaguars however now you can tell your smart device to play the most recent episodes of locked on nfl you also can go around the division you can hit locked on coach locked on texans locked on titans to find out what the competition is up to uh but you guys have a great day it's your man t-wig and we'll see you tomorrow here on locked on jaguars when everyone is on the same page getting things done is easy Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.